prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to the Legend of Retro. I am Craig WK, and with me are my two uh, dark priests, Glitch. I am here. And Chops. Uh... Craig, we're all out of uh, Virgin's blood. <laughs> and that's a shame because we're going to need a whole heck of a lot more to summon our Lord and Master, Count Dracula. That's correct. <laughs> Today, we are talking about a, a rather odd game. This is Castlevania Rondo of Blood, developed by Konami and released for the TurboGrafx CD on October 29th, 1993. This adventure platformer tells the story of Richter Belmont, who must do battle with the forces of evil when Count Dracula is resurrected once again. So, I, I guess, being naive to other systems outside of Nintendo and Sega, I, I guess I didn't realize Turbo Graphics was a CD-based system. It's not. No. Uh, so, the Turbo Graphics 16... Is okay. a disc-based console, like a like almost uh, they were almost like little floppy disc carts. Is what yeah, they, they call them HUDs or something like that. Yeah, and so in Japan, not America. Well, actually, no, America got it, but did not get this game. I uh, there was a CD add-on similar to your Sega CD. Oh, okay. And so what it did is it allowed for uh, you know higher grade quality games but what's interesting is that the way the turbo graphics worked is it there's not a lot of games that utilize that in the graphics department most of the cd add-on games maybe have a few anime cutscenes here and there but not much higher of quality graphics maybe a bit more uh but the beauty of it is that it allowed for cd quality soundtracks for those games so in the early 90s, much like the Sega CD, you have games that, you know, didn't really utilize the graphics engine for the systems they had, but it allowed them to utilize the music. Okay. So, okay, so I'm not wrong in thinking. I was like, I don't remember TurboGrafx ever oh, having yeah, no, they, they had so few games that came out in America for the CD add-on, uh, the thing flopped. Okay, so so there it was developed for the PC engine is what I found in my research. Yeah, so that's Which, does that mean that means computers? That means well, whatever. no, that's the that TurboGrafx sixteen in Japan is called the PC engine. Yeah, oh. think of it like Famicom and NES. So there's there's is called the PC engine, and I then they had the that. Super CD ROM add-on. Gotcha. Thank you for Which, the. Because it's it's those, like those terms nowadays, you know, PC engine means so much more of a generic phrase, you know. Right. So that's yeah. why I was thinking it was more computer based. Yeah the uh, the the system the TurboGrafx sixteen in general is a neat little system, and I mean, obviously Nintendo won the console wars. All each generation it was in, it crushed its competition until you got to the. Uh, N64 and the uh, PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, that's when Nintendo started to drop, unfortunately. Uh, but up until then, it was demolishing its competitors in America and Japan. Well, Craig, I heard that um, Sega does what Nintendo don't, though. In Brazil, that is absolutely correct. <laughs> uh, in Brazil, uh, the, uh, uh, the Sega Genesis it wasn't even the biggest system. It was the Master System. Oh really? Yeah, because uh, uh, the t like the taxes on imports in Brazil are so belligerently outrageous. Uh, when the I think it was the PS3 came out, it was like a thousand seven hundred dollars in Brazil. Oh my god! Yeah, it was ridiculous. But the Master System was made in Brazil. Sega got a hold of a manufacturer to make it in Brazil for them. <laughs> so because it was cheaper than everything else. Brazil won, uh, or Sega won in Brazil. This is one of those um, Super Bowl scenarios where they make the 
uh, Super Bowl material for both teams. Yes, <laughs> and so the country that has that's been making it has all the <laughs> loser memorabilia. But so when when did we get this game though, Craig? We got it in 2007 on the PSP. Mm. Or if you're like me, you played it. I think even a few years after that on the uh, Wii Virtual Console. Yeah, that's it was uh, March of 2010. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I, and it's such a crying shame that America didn't get this because can you imagine this game in 1993? It looks fantastic for a game that came out in that time. In 1993, it would have blown your mind. Oh, absolutely. The sound. I mean, don't be wrong. I think Super Castlevania gameplay wise is the pinnacle of the classic Castlevania style. But Rondo of Blood is a very close second and it wins in the sound category. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest, the, the soundtrack itself was, we'll get into it later, but uh, it's, uh, for the time, dramatically different than what was out around it. Oh, yeah. I would say, dramatically. And I would even say that the gameplay itself looked dramatically different. It looked really smooth. Oh, yeah. The, the, the animation, the sprite art is gorgeous. The monsters, Richter, there are anime cutscenes. That, that opening, like how many games start out where you're riding a chariot or, or a horse-drawn carriage and then you fight on the horse-drawn carriage? And is it death that he's fighting? Yeah, at you fight death in the prelude stage. In the opening <laughs> level on a speeding carriage, Richter Belmont fights death itself, who's normally yeah. one of the last bosses. Richter is the coolest Belmont. I'm going on record. There's nobody cooler. He he's the coolest looking. That's for sure. Oh, he looks. He's so pretty. Such a handsome boy. Calm down there, Craig. Calm down. Now, now is this our first introduction to Richter? I I believe so. Yeah, the whole Castlevania lore like it confuses me because there's different universes and timelines, right? Well, well they jump. They jump back and forth between like present or, or future dates and past dates with the games. Yeah, it's not alternate timelines, I don't think, so much as it is just Dracula is always reborn, like every 100 years or whatever. And so there's just a lot of time to cover. Uh, yeah, so like Simon is the original, right? Yeah. In the first Castlevania game. And then well, this is the sixth entry in the series? Uh, this would have been the, let's see, Castlevania 1, 2, 3. Uh, in 1993, this would have been the, oh no, there's all the Game Boy games as well. Uh, I'm not sure, honestly, because this of that. Is, well, it, oh, where is it? What does it say on here in my notes? Sorry. Uh, but while you're looking up the notes, uh, to go along it's with... The temp- it's the 10th game in the series. 10th oh, installment. Yep. 10th installment, man. Uh, but uh, what's interesting is if you are familiar with Symphony of the Night, you know about Richter Belmont because the ending to Rondo of Blood is the opening to Symphony of the Night. Yep. And what's. Yeah, that's what's crazy is I didn't realize that this is a sequel or prequel to uh, Symphony of the Night. And. What's really awesome is uh, if you guys uh, watch the ending, the conversation that Dracula and Richter Belmont have at the end is very similar to the conversation they have at the opening of Symphony of the Night. But here's the big kicker. This game from Japan with anime cutscenes with an intro in German somehow has the best English voice acting Compared to anything made in America, I don't understand how they did it. Richter <laughs> has a better voice actor in this game than Richter has in Symphony of the Night made, what, how many years later? Well, well did, did the English voice acting come out in when the game was released or when we got yes! it in America? No, it came out when it was originally because it was never made for America in the first place. That's crazy. Right? This game... Craig, I feel like you're very excited about this game. <laughs> I, this, is, this is one of my favorite Castlevania games. 
not only do I really enjoy it, and it's a really fun game, uh, but there's just so much interesting stuff involved with Rondo of Blood to talk about. Not even counting the fact that it's on such an obscure system. Well, and it and it kind of, I think, um, started the Metroidvania type trend, right? Well, sort I of. Mean, since it didn't get released in America, I know Symphony of the Night is kind of the title of that kind of generation of games, but it did release prior to it. So, like, the thing is, is that there are branching paths, but it's still stage based. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess. Well, I mean, but it has that like flexibility in, in weaponry and ca- playable characters too. Yeah, you actually have a bonus character. Yeah, you have Maria, right? Yeah, Maria. Yeah, you get that at the end of the. Of your first playthrough. It's like a New Game Plus type of... Uh, yeah, Maria Rokard. Yeah, you find her in one of the levels. You have to actually find her to be able to play as her. And uh, what's interesting is uh, she does more damage than Richter. She launches pigeons out as her attack. Uh, and they loop out, but then come back to her. So feasibly, if you're good enough, you can do double damage with her. She has a double jump, but she takes double damage. But she yeah. also does a slide, which makes movement so much faster. She does a slide in like a roll. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's like she's, she's cool. Crazy. She's like super overpowered, and she uses animals as weapons. Uh huh. So yeah. She has like uh uh like uh uh what would they be familiars like animal familiar spirits. Yeah, yeah. Almost like as, a wizard. Yeah. And uh, uh, what's fun though is in the confusing lore of Castlevania, uh. She's the uh, Maria from Symphony of the Night. Wait, I'm really I'm I'm not too familiar with Symphony of the Night, so I, I don't know. Oh, she's so a, she's a character in that game, but she's older. She's grown up at that point. Oh, okay, you know. I thought Symphony of the Night takes place like as as Rondo no, of Blood just, is ending. You just get the ending of Rondo of Blood in the beginning of Symphony of the, mm-hmm. of the Night. You just get the ending of it. Yeah, okay. and then... At, I, I know that Alucard, like... Sorry, go ahead. So, essentially, you get that... Uh, uh, you see the ending of Rondo of Blood, defeat Dracula as a Belmont, and then right. time passes, and then you start playing as Alucard. Okay. Yeah. Because I know he encounters Richard, like, at the end. You know, no spoilers Richard? here, but... <laughs> What? Richard or Richter? Richter. You said Richard. You okay. did. <laughs> Richard uh, Belmont. Richard Belmont. <laughs> the most bland uh, and unassuming of the Belmonts. He's so a lawyer. It's really weird. He doesn't fight vampires. <laughs> he goes after them in court. Yeah, so I just thought that it was the 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 gameplay of Symphony of the Night was happening as uh, Richard was Richter. <laughs> I'm, I'm done talking. I'm done talking. Okay, no, go ahead. You're wrong on multiple fronts. Let's just say that. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, so, yeah, the, the game is real interesting. Uh, you so, know. so it was released later on, though, as Castlevania or, or Dracula X, right? On well, not really. Uh, they couldn't port Rondo of Blood. It, it's, you know, there's anime cutscenes, the music was CD quality. So they basically just made a like pseudo port it is the adventure of richter but the levels are different the music is similar in some cases but different uh and the soundtrack is quite good for the super nintendo version but it's kind of a poor man's rondo of blood yeah it's watered down oh yeah for sure it's and it's a lot more challenging i think i don't think it's it's quite as fun of a game it doesn't flow quite as well as rondo of blood yeah i noticed how in in the original version like there's a little bit more fluidness to the to the stage mm-hmm. like you know like there's points at which you can like drop through a, a floor gap and then you drop to like a stage underneath or um and it's uh and i don't know i don't remember seeing that too much in castlevania without without you dying <laughs> like when you drop <laughs> right it. yeah it's it's a very smooth uh, uh, kind of flowing experience to the game, which is, I think, one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of it as a, a classic-style Castlevania game and, you know, one of the pinnacles of the uh, that, you know, sort of early stage of Castlevania's life. Uh, because, yeah, it, it, it's it's a little bit more forgiving of a game, you know? The, there's not as much 
enemy respawning because it's you know CD quality. They can they don't have to have enemies spawn at precise moments on the map. If you killed the enemy, you're good. You know it's gone. It does remind me a lot of Symphony of the Night, just in like the. I mean, Symphony of the Night, for those who aren't familiar with it, is a little bit more role-playing-esque of a game, but it's when it comes to enemies, like I don't think I ever felt like the enemies were unrelenting or Mm -hmm. extremely difficult. It's just that you took time. You had to be careful. You had to have precision with it. And in this game, the Rondo of Blood, I kind of feel that transition happening from a pre-programmed past spawn of creatures to more of a relationship or interaction you're having as a character with the environment mm-hmm. uh, to kind of to kind of build your skills up and, and learn how the map flows because it is a little bit more non-linear even though they are stages it's a little bit more non-linear yeah yeah the 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 game is is quite a different feel than the other the Castlevanias that came before it, you know, one, two, three, the Game Boy games. Uh, you know, I, I still think Super Castlevania, as far as gameplay goes, might take the cake. Uh, but over, uh, what's that? Even over Symphony of the Night? Oh no, as far as the classic style goes. Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, like, like when it comes to Metroidvanias, that's just you know a bird of another color. Like they're they're so different than the original classic style uh that you know they they kind of are in their own category but i see what you mean uh about them being fairly similar you know because let's face it you know ron they took rondo of blood and essentially made a sequel to it in symphony of the night so yeah they they took a lot from that game when making symphony of the night and in fact even the uh, theme of the titles uh so yeah they're, they're more musical based yeah a lot of the uh, Castlevania games from this era have a musical theme to the title. So uh, you have Castlevania Rondo of Blood. Uh, Rondo is a musical term. Chops, do you have that definition? Yeah, so it, it, it's actually a form. Um, it's a principal theme of music, and it's basically it alternates with one or more contrasting themes, generally called episodes, but it's uh, they're also referred to like digressions or couplets. So think of like A B A, A B A C A, A B A C A B A. So it's like that alternating of patterns um, in in written music, um, and they're also sometimes designated as like a first rondo, second rondo, third rondo in those alternating refrains. I sound like a video game code you were saying. Right? <laughs> I know it, it kind of is, yeah, but. Um, that that's the part that stood out to me a lot too, is because it's also a French word. Rondeau is is a, is comes from the, this French seventeenth uh, century um, discovery of music or creation of music. What's also interesting is, uh, uh, yeah, Symphony of the Night. Sure, it has the word symphony in it, but Symphony of the Night was originally a different title in Japan. It oh, was, oh. it was Nocturne in the Moonlight. So. Ooh. Like right. Wait. right? <laughs> so you had Rondo of Blood and then Nocturne in the Moonlight? How awesome is that? Yeah. And then, like, and then they literally jump the shark with, like, uh, well, like, Portrait of Ruin is cool. I think that's a really, really fun name. Uh-huh. But then, like, after that, what was the, um... Order of Ecclesia. Yeah, like, they're just real, real, like, out there jargon words. Well, I mean, even uh, uh, not too long after for the Game Boy Advance, we had Aria of Sorrow. That I really liked, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think the, the musical theme with the, like, kind of gothic horror aesthetic, well, you all, know. The game is. It's a, it's a gothic Baroque. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's that dark times of music generation and dark age of mankind where like science and supernatural kind of blur mm-hmm. with reality a little bit so yes. it's it's fitting oh absolutely uh but uh let's uh chat a little bit about the gameplay i mean it's castlevania and it's a classic style we've mentioned that uh but you get uh additional abilities in this one where you can uh use like a super powered mode of every weapon in the game which gets carried into Symphony of the Night, so people will be familiar with it there. But so, like, uh, one of the items is a Bible, and uh, you uh, uh, 
It's when called the use... grimoire, right? Yeah. Yeah, the grimoire. And so it causes book pages to, like, shield around you. But if you use the super-powered version, it causes, like, crosses to explode on the screen. And it also damages enemies uh-huh. when whatever pages hit them, too. And then uh, you have, like, holy water, which normally, you know, burns the, the ground. Uh, the super-powered version makes Richter bring down holy rain. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> so rad. Uh, then you also have, like, you know, daggers, axes, uh, there's the stopwatch. Yep. Yep. You know, but, uh, yeah, you, you fight with the whip and you have your sub-weapons. Uh, the hearts that you find are the ammunition for it. And, uh, yeah, like, there's, you know, uh, branching paths. There's people hidden in the, uh, uh, you know, castle that will unlock scenes that you, Mm -hmm. you know. Those are four maidens, I think. Uh, there's Maria, there's Annette, and then, uh, there's a nun. I think there's three. I said four. There might be a fourth, but I'm only remembering those three. Uh, uh, I do appreciate the boss battles. I think that was, like, the coolest part about this game was how epic all of them were. And the way they're introduced. So, like, the wolf is, like, in the background and it howls and it comes forward. Uh, so, I yeah, they do a they do a really good job of introduction to boss battles. I have a list of the bosses if you want me to run through them. Please do. So we have a uh, uh, wyvern uh, that comes out of the like moon, like the the moon uh, or off the full moon. You know, it's like flying in the background and comes in. Uh, death does that in the beginning. Death is in the beginning. In the there's the wolfman, like Glitch mentioned. Uh, there's a battle with a minotaur who smashes through the uh, the wall in the background. Uh, there's a Dullahan, the uh, the knight who holds his head and has a lance. Uh, you battle death. And then, uh, much like in uh, Symphony of the Night, you fight the Dark Priest Shaft. Uh, the, the evil wizard is someone you battle in this game as well. And uh, you fight him the first time. And then in the next boss fight, you fight him again. And he calls down the wyvern you killed. And it's zombified. It's so cool. So rad. Such a cool fight. Uh, I love mm-hmm. when you fight death the second time. The the way he dies, uh, it just like chops his head right off. And he's just standing there. It's like so gruesome. It's amazing. Oh, it's great. And it's also cool that uh, death has uh, dialogue in the opening and in the boss fight with him. He'll like taunt you. Yeah. Uh, so Iris was the other maiden she's the one that's like a medic and she like wraps your arm up oh i i forgot all about her forgot all about Uh, but but yeah before you um the you do like that stage in stage six where you fight a lot of the monsters from the first castlevania which i think is like one of the coolest parts oh Uh, yeah then there's the the boss rush yeah the boss rush uh, and I didn't count those as a, a, a different boss fights because I guess they're all one. But you fight. Uh, let's see. What do you go through in that? The giant bat. Yep. Uh, what was the second one? Medusa. Medusa. Uh, yep. Medusa, the mummy, and then Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, the creature. That's right. Yeah, I, I. You know what? And it's funny you say that. I didn't realize that it's all the bosses from Castlevania One until you said that. Hmm. Yeah, it's all Castlevania 1 bosses. That's so cool. I also like that they get summoned forth out of the, uh, like, pentagram in the background. The religious symbol uh, symbolism throughout this game, which would normally get, you know, uh, censored at during this time in the early 90s. Yeah, well, it would if it got released on a system people had. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I do have to say one more thing. So after you do that boss rush, you go into stage seven. And I mean, sure, at this point, you've, you've fought off death. You know, mummies, Medusa, all this stuff. And then in stage seven, there's bats. But they're not just normal bats. They're bats wielding swords. Yep. So cool. Can I say that would freak me out so much. <laughs> yeah. If you were in a creepy castle and so much more you're walking than up a flight of stairs and there's yep. bats holding swords. Yeah. yeah, that would bother me a lot. Yeah. Mummies, mummies, sure, I can handle this. Bats with swords, I'm out. See you later. I'm out of here. I Just love... jump right off the top. How'd I... you go? 
I love that throughout the game, Richter is just always so cool and in control, like in the cutscenes that you see him in. It's always like, you know, like when you uh, rescue a gnat, it's like, oh my god, Richter, like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, baby, why? What's up? <laughs> it's, just, yeah, it's that 90 coolness. He's, so a, cool. he's a cool jerk. Yeah, when he when he uh, saves Maria, he does that. He's like, all right, now, don't worry. I know you're a vampire hunter, but let old, let old Richter handle this. I got this. Yeah, he's just so cool. Richter's fun. Uh, so, Glitch, uh, tell us a little bit about the reception of this game. Yeah, so I found a couple things. In 2018, Polygon had ranked all 36 Castlevania games that were out at the time. Um, and it, surprisingly, it ranked at number one. Not surprising. Totally should be. Actually, <laughs> uh, number one is a little uh, odd. Uh, I don't know if I'd put it number one. But man, it'd definitely be top three, I think, of classic yeah, so uh, Castlevanias. They, uh, it was one, Rondo of Blood, two, Aria of Sorrow, and three, Symphony of the Night. Honestly, I'm um, not that upset about that lineup. Right. Um, in 2019, com ranked it. 13th uh the 13th best it ranked it at number four uh with obviously symphony of the night at number one um and then uh so i mean we got it on the psp we got it on the wii virtual console but we finally got the version we needed and that was in 2018 we got it for the ps4 in the castlevania requiem uh edition which was both rondo of blood and symphony of the night yeah, we finally now have access to it, uh, you know, a little bit more readily available. And so, you know, as far as that goes, people nowadays can actually, uh, you know, play the game and uh, give it a give it a shot. All right, so, uh, Chops, what did you get for the speedrunning in this game? So, I'm not going to lie. I, I watched the world record speedrun of this game. And the runner was just so boring that I couldn't watch the whole thing. And the speed run was only like twenty something minutes. Um, so because of the so I, I watched I watched the Rondo version, which is twenty one minutes and ten seconds by Agent uh, Agent Wavern. Um, that's the any percent run, and that's on the PCE Virtual Console emulation, whatever, however you want to play it. Um, and then I also looked at the Dracula X to kind of compare it just to see how the gameplay was. And it's so different. I was like, okay, I'm not even going to worry about that. And I went back to, I went back to Rondo Blood. But yeah, he was just like, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, some people are really good speedrunners. Some people are really good personalities online. But it was just like silence the whole level. And then at the end of the level, it was just like, could have been better. And I was just like, this is like, no. Like, I can't, I can't sit through I couldn't sit through 21 minutes because it felt like eight minutes was 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so I watched the same run. Uh, he's British. And yes. he never got a gold split, which uh, for people who know a little bit but don't know much about speedrunning, uh, you know, you time your splits and then, you know, you keep trying the game over and over and over until you get a time that you like. And gold splits are usually your best time in that area ever. And he never got a gold split. It was always like, yeah, I've done better at that stage. Yeah. Uh, I lost time there. Yeah, I, you know, I, I recovered a little bit, but it's not my best. And then he still got and a world record. It was the first record. run of the day. Of yeah. said too. And I'm just like, and it's still the world record. I'm like, so this game could probably be much better of a world record than. Oh yeah, he he easily could have saved. I mean, just kind of on the time he lost was another like 25 seconds at wow. least. Um, and and what's funny too is on the speed runs page. Uh, of this in the background, did you, did you see the background image? Oh no, uh, I did not. Glitch. It's it's Richter and Maria. It's Richter with a pink guitar, <laughs> electric guitar, and Maria with like a mic and a mic stand, and they're like jamming out and singing <laughs> next to each other. And I'm just like curious, where the heck did this part come from in the game? Man, that right? would be. You know sweet. anything about that? Uh, no, it had to be. I mean, it might be official art, but I, it's just art. It's there's no rock out moment in the uh, game, to the best of my knowledge. Okay, I just I wasn't sure. Um, Don't be wrong. So yeah, you rock out in the game, but not like you know where they get electric guitars. There's right, no, right. There's no animated scene for that. <laughs> no. Dang. So, so the the main speed run any percent with Richter is 21 minutes 10 seconds, but the Maria run 
is 14 minutes and 26 seconds because she can just destroy things way easier, faster movement. And I'm sh- we'll get into this when we get into the music. The end of the game with Maria is way better than the end of the game <laughs> with Richter. Uh, glitch. Is there any glitches to the game that you found? Anything like uh, notable? I couldn't find much. I will say like something, I guess it's more like optimizing, and that's what they use in the speedrun when you play as Richter, is you do this like sword, uh, not sword, but it's like a whip-canceling back jump. So you would do a back jump, but then swing your whip at the same time. So it would make you move faster. So throughout the entire run, that's what they're doing for movement. Yeah, they're they're running, they're jumping backwards, and he'll do like a half backflip, and then like you whip in the middle of it, and he reverts back to standing. Yeah, it's so really it's like, weird. <laughs> it's like so whip canceling or backflip canceling is what they called it. Uh, yeah. I did see that there was an any percent, a hundred percent category. Yeah in there and that was like you had to save the four maidens and you had to do all the boss fights and go through all the stages uh that one was a little bit longer that was like 36 minutes 36 minutes and and also there is a couple like um quick kills that you can do on bosses um they take intentional damage on bosses because at the end of each stage it counts down your health as extra points is what you have left so they try to get down to a sliver of health at the end of the boss fights on purpose. That's slick. Uh-huh. So there's some... Uh, it's a Castlevania game. I mean, it's all about execution, really. Um, but the Maria playthrough is just ridiculous because you're, like, <laughs> you're just, like, sliding, rolling, double jumping. There's, like, a weird... like I, don't, I don't, couldn't really tell what she was doing with that turtle, but, like, there was, like, a, a move where she, like, is, like, in a turtle shell and she cracks out of the turtle shell, I think. I don't know. It's kind of weird-looking... It's just weird stuff. Maria's weird. <laughs> I know her her uh, her run is a little bit faster too because you don't have to do that first stage where you fight death. Yeah, it just carriage. starts right at the the burn down or burning village. Oh, interesting. Well, guys, would you like to talk about music? I mean, it's definitely the shining part about this game. So yeah, let's do it. Let's hear a word from one of our partners, and then we'll jump into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! the music was composed by Akira Soji, Keizo Nakamura, Tomoko Sano, and Mikio Saito. Are you familiar with what the four of them have done? No. Aside from Rondo of Blood? I'm never familiar with any composer. (laughs) I can never (laughs) remember composers. What a coincidence. Same with me. I have not a clue. Oh, be quiet. Be quiet, Craig. No, seriously, I could find nothing on these four composers. Not a dang thing. I searched for so long, and I thought I had something, but apparently there is a, uh, 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 I believe it's uh, uh, Keizo, K-A-Z-O, Nakamura, from Konami, but he's not the same guy. I I, I found nothing. I'm surprised you don't have more on them. Honestly. I I searched so hard, and there's a few games like Japan only games that they they had listed on like some websites, but then other websites wouldn't list anything, so I didn't know if it was reliable. So I have no clue. I don't wow. think that they had anything else. I think they were like sound designers. What for about other your things. vinyl? You have the vinyl record of this, right? Mm-hmm. I do. Does it say anything on there of anything? No. Wow, what a no. shame! I mean, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go out in a blazing glory, this would be the game to do it. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. That's the thing is is this game has what might be my favorite Castlevania soundtrack of all time, and uh, the, the like I mentioned earlier in the episode, it being a CD quality game didn't bring a ton to the gameplay of Rondo of Blood, but it brought everything to the music. Oh yeah. Considering this soundtrack was available in 1993, 
Uh, it's kind of mind blowing. So, uh, yeah, yeah. What's the first track we got to start us off, Craig? The first track is the song uh, that the glitch has chosen. This is the song Slash from Rondo of Blood. Let's give it a listen. song just keeps on giving man this song reminds me so much of like something from rocky like it has montage for me written all over it like it just it makes me want to go out and just start like exercising and, like, <laughs> working out like i don't know that that's what this song feels like for me yeah it, it definitely pumps you up that is a really awesome song uh now the next song is one that chops has chosen I'm upset this isn't the last one, but uh, I guess we'll get into it right now. Uh, so this is a song from Rondo of Blood called Mary Samba. Let's give it a listen. one thing that anyone should know about chops and myself is that we love steel drums we love steel drums i feel like 
if I was able to give my five-year-old nephew savant-like skills at any musical instruments ever, this would be the song that he would come up with. It's got whistles, it's got cowbells, weird piano, MIDI trumpets. It's amazing. It's just like the most ridiculous sounding song ever. This might be my favorite song from Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you say that. I thought of... Yoshi's Island and also uh, Mario RPG, the Yoshi Island theme there. Yep, yep. it's too. so crazy. It's Yo- so it's so out of place in this game. Yoster Island or whatever it is in Mario RPG. Yeah, it, it is weirdly out of place, but I think it's you know in in kind of in line with the, the you know the one of the themes of Maria. Uh, yeah, but it's it's also like at the end credits where there's this like curtain call of the animals that she's been using throughout <laughs> and they're like walking in like a path a la like in a Mega Man game where the, the background scrolls and the characters walking along it uh, it's just so weird <laughs> I love it yeah it is really bizarre uh, and it's one of the reasons I enjoy Rondo of Blood because there is that kind of like dark theme to the game but there's that light kind of undercurrent because of maria and you know her ending and stuff like that so yeah i I enjoy it being in this game uh now next up we have uh one of my picks this is from castlevania rondo of blood picture of a ghost ship really enjoy that theme yeah there's a section in that where the drums really kick in that that really livens up that song a lot yeah absolutely what what stage is that uh that is the ghost ship theme oh okay sorry sorry i don't know why i was thinking something different yeah that is the theme of the ghost ship now i our listeners will know that all of the themes we've chosen so far are pretty original to this game uh you know we a lot of Castlevania music is reused throughout the series. It's, you know, main themes and stuff. Uh, and I didn't want to overdo that. Uh, during our stage theme bracket, I had us listen to Opus 13 there. Uh, so there's plenty of other music to listen to for this game. But there is one other track that I thought we'd give a, a listen to. Uh, this is, uh, of course, a remixed version uh, from a classic Castlevania theme. Uh, This is the theme of Bloody Tears from Rondo of Blood. Let's go ahead and give this a listen as our last song.
like the rock opera version of Bloody Tears. It's so good, yeah. right? It's, it's Bloody Tears, and and I'm you know I I have been known in the past to cheat the system in the music bracket for Castlevania songs. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, I will admit to that when it's not cheating, it's just playing the game. But um, of of the songs between this and Vampire Killer, like this song fits perfectly with a actual person playing the pipe organ and a metal band yeah. <laughs> with just hardcore drums in the background oh, yeah. because it is just so epic. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Yeah. This, it, I mean, it's not the most popular version of this song, but definitely no. when that, when that breakdown happens right in the middle, it's, it's the best version period. Yeah. The Rondo of blood has such a unique and interesting soundtrack when it comes to Castlevania games in general. Uh, you know, I, I think Michiru Yamane uh, really knocked it out of the park for, for Symphony of the Night, the most popular Castlevania game. But I think of the uh, of my vinyl collection of video game soundtracks, I think this might be one of my favorites uh, because, good lord, Rondo of Blood has such amazing music. I. Uh, I'm so glad we could talk about this game, mostly so that I could, you know, babble about the uh, music with you guys. Uh, but I, uh, Chops Glitch, what are your final thoughts on Castlevania Rondo of Blood? I mean, I'll say right now, they just need to make this game more accessible. I mean, we didn't really get a good version of it until the PS4. And that's that's a crime. I mean, we got it on the Wii U Virtual Council, but like... Who was playing the Wii U aside from Craig? Oh, <laughs> I mean, well, no, worse than that. It was the Wii Virtual Console, and I don't know if it ever came out on the Wii U. May- well, oh, okay. no, I think it did. I think it did. But I give it, give it. That I just want it. Give it to me. I just want this game. Make it so I can play it on my Xbox. I can play it on my Switch. Whatever. I just want it. Give it to me. If there was ever um, godly influence in the human life and human world it would be replace all versions of dracula x for the snes with <laughs> rondo of blood if there was ever an intervention by god it would be it, you you have the system to play it on and you have the game but then you no longer own dracula x i'm sorry that's the drawback it, you know what the the dracula x on super nintendo was not a bad game but it is it's a not. poor man's Rondo yeah, of it's, Blood. It's, it's less than a poor man's Rondo <laughs> of Blood. It's like a dying poor man in a gutter Rondo of Blood. <laughs> but, but you can get this on the uh, TurboGrafx Mini, right? This is on the TurboGrafx-16 uh, Mini. Yep, it does have that on there. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why I bought the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, because I love this game so much. So there you go. Glad you just got to get that. Quit, uh, I, I quit wasting our time and get your own Turbo Graphics Mini. <laughs> uh, I, I I would recommend it. Uh, it's a neat little thing to have. Uh, but guys, I think that we've babbled about Rondo of Blood enough. Let's go ahead and jump on into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. <laughs> I got to choose the game this time. Yeah, you sure did. Is choosing the the word you want to use? Uh, um, punish? Is that the thing? You channeled your inner glitch? I Basically, I, I looked to my inner glitch, and I was like, inner glitch, what would you choose for them? And inner glitch was like, choose a CDI game. And I was like, no, you idiot, shut up. And then I went to the uh, Super Nintendo's uh, games on the uh, Switch Online to find a game we all had access to. And on that first line, because it's one of the most recent released, is Peacekeepers for Super Nintendo. And then the glitch chimed in your head and said, close enough. (laughs) Yeah, basically. So uh, it's a part of a, a trilogy in Japan called the Rushing Beat Trilogy. But none of the three games are especially great beat-em-ups. Who allowed this game to have two more <laughs> versions of it? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, in America, there's Rival Turf and Brawl Brothers, 
those are the games in the trilogy, but I think the American... Oh, it is? Uh-huh. In uh, the American versions, I think, got rid of any connection. Okay, because we did do Brawl Brothers before, and I thought it was very similar to it, but... I, I, honestly, I thought Bra Brawl Brothers was even better than this. <laughs> the, what killed Which... me? Oh, go ahead. What killed me? The main reason I went with this game, because I was like, well, let me play a few minutes of it. I played it, you know, some time ago, but let me, you know, give it a try. Uh, and the first stage doesn't have music. It has, like, ambiance noise. And oh. I was like, this is terrible. I'm absolutely uh, choosing this. So wait, Craig, it, Craig it does. He, he has, Glitch has more to tell you about this. What? That we so, experienced. So uh, Chops and I played this together on Twitch Online. And we get to the first stage and I'm like, I don't know if, like, my headphones cut out or something, but do you not have music in this stage? And he's like, no, I don't have music either. So we played when we, we kept going through and I was like, this is, this is wrong. Why is, why is there no music in this game? So I went to the options menu and yeah, you have to turn the music on. What? Why is, why is that not the default setting to have the music on? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, so you have to turn background music on, and then you go into the game, and yeah, it has music for all the stages. Was the music any good? Eh, it was alright. Nah, it was not very good. Uh, that makes me feel a little better, at least. <laughs> yeah, trust us, we had the same question when we were playing, like, okay, it just can't not have music. This is stupid. I even saw in the option menu prior... Because you can turn friendly fire or whatever uh, on or off, mm -hmm. and I was like, it even has like a music test thing. There is music somewhere. Where is the music? That kills me. Uh, and it makes me so happy that I chose this as the game to talk about. Yeah, uh, it, it's a but, beat em up. I mean, it's it's another beat 'em up. There's nothing special. You have like a power move. You have a jump a kick. It it, it wasn't. Really it wasn't special at all because the characters were boring. Um, one guy breathed fire, which is kind of fun. We could hurt each other. The coolest thing was when the glitch figured out how to... Um, uh, was it not powerbomb? Um, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was powerbomb. It was power like power driver, but it was like a powerbomb. Yeah, an enemy. Um, I choke slammed a guy. That was fun. <laughs> you I, could also do like... Uh, like uh, like hand symbols, like uh, yeah, like I was like, you're you're going down. Oh yeah, there's and a my guy, my guy button. Just, he just did the devil horns and his <laughs> uh, cup or something like his name was. I, or I played as Al, the big one of the big dudes. Yeah, and uh, I, I he was really slow. I thought it was really boring. I will say the gameplay improved a little bit for me when I chose the girl character because, of course. You know, because there's some misogynistic, the female character is weaker and faster. Because uh, that's old misogynistic video game logic. But uh, uh, she was a lot more fun. Being able to jump around and, like, dive around the screen way faster was so much more enjoyable. Yeah, I will say that the the one character who was blue looks like a Ryu character, basically, or uh, or whatever your typical hero character is. He oh, was cool. He did, like, an uh, uppercut. You're talking about Bland Blannington, the uh, yes, yes. main character. Bland Blannington. Yes, <laughs> also, who's Iago, and why are they going after Dr. Iago or something like that? Uh, this is a sequel to Aladdin, dummy. Oh, yeah, I forgot. In the sequel to Aladdin, they travel to the future and um, capture people's friends and then turn them into mutants. Uh huh. That was uh, that's why Iago was such a jerk. He was a uh, mm. mutant maker in uh, Aladdin. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. So chops. What do you give this on the eight bit scale? Two. <laughs> uh, Two out of eight. I don't think I ever need to play this game again. And, um, and if I forget it, it's only going to be better. I'll give it more bits if I forget it. I I would have given this a uh, a three out of eight. But the fact that the music is defaulted to off drops it a point in my book. Two out of eight. Yeah, I one and a half. I <laughs> the fact that the music has to be fixed prior to you playing the game is stupid. And so. there's a there's like a color palette test that you could do. Oh, I saw that. And it didn't do anything. <laughs> he glitch was changing colors and changing enemies. And no color changes were taking place to the enemies. We're like, what is this even here for then? 
I, I kind of got it to work a little bit. Uh, you know, it was a really confusing setup. And, and I like that that's an option, like that it's in there, but it's so clunky and stupid. Like, why? Why bother? Yeah, is this is not a very good game. It's, it's, uh, what's funny, pretty. actually, what's really funny, what I just realized is in Japan, in 1993, in October, Rondo of Blood came out. In December of 1993, Peacekeepers came out in Japan. Months <sighs> apart, and one is so much better than the other. Mind you, one's on a CD-based system, but regardless. Uh, yeah, the, the quality difference is staggering. Very, very much. You're so, both but welcome. Yeah. Good job, Craig. I like that you picked this one. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now Glitch doesn't get to choose it, uh, uh, which is, you know, really the, the name of the game there. But, uh, guys, what do you say we uh, uh, jump into something a little more fun? Let's talk about our music bracket. Yeah, this is exciting. This I is. So this, uh, this is a, a fun round, I think. This has some good music in it. So first up, from Mega Man 7, composed by Toshihiko Horiyama, we have the theme of Spring Man. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Seven has such a, a unique sound amongst Mega Man games, uh, but I really enjoy it, and I feel like this theme in particular does a really great job of informing you what the boss's theme or uh, stage is like. Yeah, and I, I would say this is probably one of the most underrated Mega Man games out there, and this song is a testament to how good the music is mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna be the most uh different also from what you're gonna hear in our bracket i mean you're gonna hear a lot of similar tones similar styles like i would say but mm -hmm. this in of itself is the only game that's gonna be standing out completely from everything else in the bracket yeah, yeah. this and uh 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 mega man and uh bass uh, rockman forte mm -hmm. uh that's another one that is kind of in its own category almost uh, and going up against it is from Mega Man 9, composed by Ippo Yamada, Ryo Kawakami, Yu Shimoda, and Hiroki Isogai. This is the theme of Tornado Man. Let's give it a listen.
that is a really fun theme and a lot more of a kind of a, a return to traditional Mega Man music after Mega Man 7. Yeah, when they yeah. when they made Mega Man 9, they did a great job, like, you know, re-embodying that, that, that feeling from the first two games. And honestly, like, the soundtrack to Mega Man 9 is amazing. And this isn't even, like, one of the best songs from it. So it's just, it's crazy how good the music is from that game. Yeah, I really enjoy Tornado Man's theme. I, I think that uh, it's a really fun one. Uh, I'm excited to see how the votes go, you know, compared to an older game in Mega Man 7, uh, but having a more unique sound compared to the traditional Mega Man 9, which is a more recent game. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see how the fans go with that. Uh, but when it comes to voting, our fans have four different options. We have our Facebook uh, uh, group that you can ask to join. We'll invite you or accept your invite, bring you in. We have our Twitter account. There's a vote there every week. We have our Discord. If you go to GameZillaMedia.com, link to our Discord is there. You can go ahead and uh, jump in and uh, uh, chat with us about retro video games. And we're you know going to have the vote every week there. And then if you're a member of our Patreon, Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia. That if you're as, uh, you know, a patron as low as $1 a month, then you're going to get a bonus vote there as well. Glitch, what else do our patrons get when it comes to Patreon.com? Yeah, so uh, GameZilla Media is a network of, of shows. Uh, so we have five unique podcasts. We have Us, The Legend of Retro, uh, Noiseland Arcade, uh, Noobs and Dragons, Last Action Podcast, and the GameZilla Podcast and uh all of us you know we'll get together once a month and make a show just for you one dollar members so not only do you get that bonus vote for our bracket we also get a show called state of the zilla so we talk about anything that our podcasts don't so you get to hear about you know cartoons magazines things like that um but if you're generous enough to give us five dollars a month at patreon.com gamezilla media uh, you get additional content from all of those shows so each month we put out a show for each of those shows uh, for us, we have the Game Shark, and just a couple weeks ago, we released our draft, which we did with LPJ. So LPJ comes back every season. I don't know why, because uh, he he hates you know he loves actually torturing us, and we give him the job of commissioner for some reason, and we all pick our songs for this draft. And if you listen to it, you get the inside scoop to know who picked the songs for this bracket. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you get everything prior to that. So from all the shows. Everything, as soon as you become a $5 member, you get all of our content from the last five months. Uh, not five months, the last two years. It's been a lot of, a lot of content. That's very different um, than five months. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it. So uh, definitely join us. We appreciate every dollar we get. Chops, if you had to recommend an episode of State of the Zilla right now, what one would you recommend? I'd probably go with the toys episode that we recorded. Um it was me, LPJ, and was it you, Craig? Yeah, yeah, the three of us. And we talked about our favorite toys from the 90s, I think? Uh, our childhood, so it was 80s and childhood. 90s. Yes. Um, and for LPJ, the, the 50s and 60s, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I still don't know why people enjoy Lincoln Logs as toys, but hey, whatever. It's not a toy. It's a, it's a, building, it's a building tools. That's, that's how you built homes back in the olden days. Yeah, with Lincoln's Logs. Indeed. <laughs> uh, make sure to uh, uh, join us on our uh, Discord. I said the as I said before, the link is on uh, GameZillaMedia.com. Uh, but we also are starting up uh, community plays uh, where the we take a retro game. Uh, previously, we did Earthbound. We're soon to be starting up a, a new one, so make sure to jump on in if you'd like to uh, play along with us. We set up spoiler-free checkpoints and stuff. Uh, it's a lot of fun, so make sure to uh, hop in and chat with us there. But, uh, guys, I think uh, uh, it's about time that we say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye to everyone. Is that what you, is that what you meant, right? Uh, close enough. We'll see y'all <laughs> next time. When the, the legend, legend continues. continues.